Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, Season 2, Episode 16, Stuff. And here to present to you are Steve, Jen, and our dog, Roxy, also known as the Belle Biv DeVoe of podcasting. Hi, Jen. Hey, Steve. I am extremely <laughs> pleased as punch, if you will, to be t- Oh, there she goes. Going to her snoring chair. Please as punch to be talking about stuff tonight. I've been looking forward to this all season. You know, I gotta say it wasn't as good as I remembered. I mean, obviously, like, all the play stuff was perfect, but all the Ted and Robin stuff was annoying. Yeah, agreed. The, th- there was a couple good lines, I thought, between Ted and Robin and their arguing, but overall it was a very unbalanced story. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm right there with you, but I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, there was enough laughs in the Ten Robin stuff to keep me into it. And then, obviously, the play stuff was just, they hit it out of the park with that. Yeah, I just found both Ted and Robin to be just the worst in this episode. <laughs> like, they're both awful. Well, we'll get into that. Um, you know, I think I'm going to skip any sort of rankings or lists tonight, because I, I, I'm kind of anxious to talk about this. Um, there are, you know, despite what you say, I looked through my notes and like at at least every other line was a hit to me. Hmm. And so we'll kind of go through those beat by beat and you can counterpoint if you like. But we start off with kids. The most important part of relationship is communication. Uh, this doesn't really resonate through the... (laughs) Yeah, this show. it doesn't really have much to do with anything. <laughs> I guess it's a very generic start. They just plugged in. Yeah, I think between that and the name of this episode being Stuff, I mean, that's a really <laughs> lousy name for this episode. Yeah, it's very bad. What, what do you think would have been better? The play, obviously. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing a Seinfeld-type <laughs> title, it would be The Play. The one with the play. Right. If it was Friends. Right. Yeah, something about the play. I mean, I guess eh, stuff makes sense, but... Barely. I don't know that I think of this episode when I hear it. Like, it's not an automatic trigger of and I suppose about... Go ahead. Mm, I was done. Oh. I suppose they don't know when they write this and shoot this that the play is going to so f- heavily outbalance the, Ro- right. the Robin and Ted stuff. So they, you know, they... You, we saw this a lot in Seinfeld where, you know, the Seinfeld with Festivus was not named Festivus. I can't remember what it was named off the top of my head, but... Was it the strike? Yeah, it was the strike, exactly. Which was, you know, the D storyline of the ep- of the entire episode, whereby they didn't know that the Festivus would be such a hit. <laughs> right. So, you know, not, not that this episode resonates quite as much as Festivus did and, you know, our, our cultural... Significance, but I mean, <laughs> in the Runkle household, at least it's got its <laughs> its own notor- notoriety. Yeah, we've already mentioned a lot of the things that come up in this. <laughs> yeah. So we started McLaren's with Ted and Robin. They're deciding where to go out to dinner. Ted brings up a place called Cynthia's. He's saying, "Remember when we went there? How romantic it was." And Robin says, um, "No, because you never t- you've never taken me there. That wasn't me." And so he starts a line of things of, oh, I took, that must have been my sister. Right. Which and is a weird thing to say after you've been talking about it was romantic. Right, yeah. And the waiter was saying you should get married. And yeah, it's, and you know what? 
they haven't been dating all that long that like he should be mixing up <laughs> what he did with Robin versus other people. Yeah, and this goes on into a couple other examples of seeing the movie Van Helsing, which I don't think anybody saw, <laughs> and going to Maui. Now, he, that one he didn't confuse her having right. gone with, but as he gets into that, it was romantic there. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a difference, too, between confusing what you did with someone versus just talking about things that may have happened with another person. They both realize this is silly. They should be just be honest about things that involved exes, although so far it's just been one way. Yeah, Robin's never really been one that's very open about her past. Mm-mm. According to this episode, they both dated like nothing but models before they met. <laughs> well, and doesn't Robin say in a few episodes ago, wherever it was about the path or the, the exits, that she usually doesn't date people for very long anyway? I don't know why. I mean, we'll get to it later, but I'm not sure why all these guys are giving her dogs after very short amounts of time. <laughs> yeah. That was a strange vehicle <laughs> to get through this part of the story. Well, the next scene puts them at the bar in McLaren's, and Ted says, see over there, that girl, I totally hooked up with her. Right, so he swings way in the opposite direction, and Robin freaks out about it. She says he's a jerk. He says she's confusing. <clears throat> this seems silly that he would make this mistake that because he's supposed to not say things in the past weren't with a girl he was dating doesn't mean that he should point out someone <laughs> that he hooked up with. Although I would have I would have done that if we were in a bar, and you probably would have too. Hey, see that person over there? I hooked up with them. Maybe. No, we would have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I do think she's also overreact. Like, he went too far in the other direction, but she also, like, really overreacted here. Yeah, I think you're right on both accounts. Now we're at McLaren's with Barney and Marshall, and... Marshall's putting out a scenario of would you rather sleep with a mermaid as a traditional mermaid or a fish top, or what was it, a reverse mermaid? Inverted mermaid. Inverted, there we go. With uh, the fish upper half of the body and a woman's bottom half. I'm very confused by this premise. Yeah, I don't know how you have sex with a mermaid. I, I don't think that's possible. I don't think so. I'm very confused. Top half fish? Like, what? Huh? <laughs> well, like, imagine that you waist up were fish, but waist down were you. Right. That's weird. Well, no, I didn't say it was a normal <laughs> scenario to, to bring up. I'm just saying I mean, the bottom half of a fish is a mermaid. The it's, top half of a fish is just it's a stupid. <laughs> it's a stupid challenge to put in front of. I mean, this is worse than the scenarios they're bringing up in um, <laughs> right. life amongst the gorillas. Although it seems almost like he's kind of going in that direction. Right. This leads to a joke that I wasn't a fan of where Barney turns it around and says, is she fat? It's typical Barney fare, but didn't land for me. And the follow-up too, well, it's, yeah, but it's a fish, the good kind of fat. Yeah, it's not great. Not feeling that. Lily enters. She has flyers. Barney says he doesn't take flyers unless from a strip club because that's what he got outside. Two bucks off wings. This is all about her play. And Barney said, oh, I'd love to, but we're not in college and I'm not trying to sleep with you. Decent reference. Um, but when he was in college, he wasn't trying to sleep with anyone. That's true. It still stands. 
No, he's not. It's, yeah. <laughs> Still a good point in itself. He has no incentive to go to this play. He knows it's going to be awful. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like we have any actor friends where we've ever been asked to go to a, a horrible performance like this. No, that's probably a New York City thing. Yeah. I bet everybody that lives in New York City LA has this story. Probably. Not as much theater in L.A., but no. yeah, I'm sure. Or improv or something. There's some corollary there, I'm sure. <laughs> Barney says, we're too old for this. Come on, Lily. Which is a very Murtaugh rule coming down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is all stuff that it's like, no, <laughs> we're grown-ups. We're not going to do this kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, it's... And I'm very... Well, she says her friend asked her to be in the play. Right. I'm very surprised Lily... I, I shouldn't even question it because it's just so good, but it <laughs> doesn't seem like something she'd be doing. Right, but the things that Barney says they can't do anymore is ask somebody for a ride to the airport, crash on your couch, or to help you move. And these are all things that Ted brings up later when he's pointed out making a list for the Murtaugh rule. And oh, Barney says he could do it all in one night. Yeah, crashing on someone's futon. Right. He helps somebody on the street move and his like, back's all jammed up. What was the other one? Picking up someone um, from the airport. Yeah. I don't remember if he did that in the, the Murtaugh one. I don't remember that being part of it. This is all pre-Uber. Nobody has to ask for a ride to the airport anymore. Yeah. Ted comes back. He decides top half fish, which I think is probably the right call. Um, and then he wants... Top half fish? That's the right call? Well, you can't have sex with the bottom half fish. But the top half's a fish. Yeah, that's not ideal. <laughs> but I don't I don't even know how you would perform a sexual act with a fish bottom half. I don't I don't know. But top half fish is wrong. <laughs> that's the wrong answer. It just feels <laughs> wrong. But I do like yeah, we Yeah, cuz mermaids are kind of good looking. So I mean, if there's a way to do it then top half mermaid, right? But Yeah, I feel like that has to be the answer cuz otherwise it's Crossing too far into bestiality. Should we go back and look at Tyler's that book where the men are carrying the the babies? Mr. Mr. Seahorse. Mr. Seahorse, yeah. <laughs> See if it, it gives us any frame of reference there. <laughs> I think that's one of the books you got rid of. And with good reason. It's disgusting. Yeah. All right. Why should dads take care of their babies? <laughs> um, I do. I, yeah, as much as I didn't care for this scenario, I do like that, yeah. Ted comes back with his answer like he's been thinking about it. <laughs> Ted wants them to settle an argument. We get the flashback as we... I don't think there's any show that uses flashback more than... Right. How I Met Your Mother. Maybe <laughs> Family Guy. Do you know that in Family Guy, there would just be a room of people writing flashbacks? That Remember, the, it's like that time when I... All those mm-hmm. different scenarios... And, like, they don't have to do anything with a show. They just write a whole bunch just of scenarios. Like yeah, flashbacks. that's all they do. That's funny. Yeah. When you, when you watch it, it makes sense that that's how it's being done, because <laughs> okay. it really has anything to do with what they're talking about. I haven't watched that show in a long time. Okay, Ted and Robin in the flashback are cuddling in his apartment, and they're trying to figure out, you know, or he's urging that they should probably leave and go to the bar, but then again, she's so sexy in his red sweatshirt. She asks if he has any moisturizer. He says, yes, in the bathroom under the sink. He said, you got to take care of that skin, keep it moist. And then we get a flash into the 
present time, Lily reacting to the word moist. Yeah. And we've brought this up in the past. It's not a good word. You've never, I thought you've never been bothered by it, but that, it is a very common word for women not to like. Yeah. Because it was used, it was used in a certain way for so long that I can understand why it would bother women and not necessarily bother men. It's just, yeah, not a great word. I'm not, you know, as upset about, yeah, as Lily is, but I could do without. Is it, would you say it's in your top ten least favorite words? We know you don't like panties. What was the other one you didn't like? Uh, uh, horny. You didn't like horny. <laughs> That's right. I really don't like those. I mean, I guess it would be top ten because I don't have very many All on right, that we'll list. call it top three because <laughs> yeah. so far we'll call it number three. Yeah, if I think of something else, I'll let you know. But, yeah, I hate the other two more. Robin says that the moisturizer is really good, and he says, or she really likes it. He says, you should, it's yours. She said, it's not hers. And he said, oh, it must be Lily's. And then they cut to Lily, and it's not Lily's. Well, that's interesting that they have this big fight before they even realize that it's not Lily's. Yeah, no, I wrote that down, too. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean... That was a big writing there. That was a continuity error. Yeah. That... She's yeah, there's mad. A woman that lives there. Why wouldn't it be hers? Yeah, th- that should have been the end of the argument. Oh yeah, it's probably Lily's. Mm-hmm. Now, if they then went down to the bar, discovered it's not Lily's, right? Then the argument could continue. But okay, let's let that one go for now. Robin's mad that she's using the moisturizer of a past girlfriend. Ted doesn't have much to say, but um, I love you. <laughs> and again, this is you know Robin getting worked up about something that really doesn't matter. It's you know. It's on Ted for not throwing it away, but who cares? I throw it away. I mean, if, if it's going to be used by somebody, and it obviously is, just keep it there for other women. It's not that intimate an object. Right. Yeah. And I like this exchange. This is one of the things I do like about this plot line is she says, are you still, do you still have feelings for this person? And he goes, yes, I'm madly in love with her. <laughs> and the only way I can deal with it is by holding on to this $3 bo- bo- t- tube of lotion. Hey, it was probably like $14. As she says. <laughs> no, that is a good line. And then we get another really good exchange of, what's the big deal? Robin says, I don't want to be using some whore's lotion. <laughs> she wasn't a whore. Well, she's leaving expensive lotion all over town. Sounds like a whore to me. Yeah, and again, this is Robin just freaking out over something that's really not a big deal. I still like that exchange. I thought yeah, that was really well yeah, done. No, it is. We don't love the... This isn't really slut-shaming, but... No, it's not slut-shaming. It's something. (laughs) (laughs) It's some sort of ism. (laughs) No, it's not an ism. It's just a weird quirk of Robin's. She's never acted jealous, really, before. Well, I guess with Mary the Paralegal, but not since they've been dating. Right. No, that's not true. She started to get jealous when she thought he was walking around hitting with women... Talking about being an architect. Well, yeah, remember. but that was because it was leading to him. I, I take back the whole thing. She does get jealous quite a bit. All right. <laughs> she wants to know what else was given to him by exes, and we get the phone book, the lamp, the sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Now, did you notice the phone book? Phone booth. Uh, phone booth. Yeah, phone booth is the exact same phone booth, but in a miniature version of the big mm-hmm. one that he orders. Yeah. <laughs> so what came first? Well, obviously the... Other phone booth. Well, the do, mini one. Yeah, the mini one, probably, unless we've seen it in the apartment before this. I mean, there was a possibility that he dated someone that got it for him 
between that episode and now. No, he says it was from Europe. Like, oh, okay. At some point, he says this yeah, reminds me of backpacking around Europe or whatever. Got it. Good point. Okay. We're back at McLaren's. Lily says that this is a typical conversation of a new relationship. What stuff of, from et, what stuff of your exes do you, should you get rid of? Do you have, did you have a lot, or do you still have anything that I was, was just from an ex? I was thinking about that. I don't know if I do. I probably have some jewelry that's just like hanging out somewhere that I never wear. That someone bought for you. Yeah. I... Because I don't know what to do with it. Like, I guess I could take it to a pawn shop and get a little bit of cash. Our wine rack that I bought that with my first wife, and remember I used to have a. How pur- dare you! <laughs> now every time you, you see it, immediately. Now, now, now every time you see it, you're going to picture her sitting there holding bottles of wine. I don't really like that wine rack to begin with, so it's a good excuse for us to get rid of it. Oh, I really love it. I hate it. It must leave. <laughs> then get rid of our dog. Sorry, our dogs only our dog. And then remember that. Remember that purple Adidas t-shirt that I had? Mm-hmm. I can't find it now. I'm not sure what, what happened to it. It's probably at the bottom of one of our laundry baskets, but uh, that was my ex-wife's too, although it was her brother's, so it's not like it was hers that I took. It was her brother's, and she happened to steal it from him, and then I <laughs> hid it when we were splitting up stuff because I liked it. <laughs> and it's the only thing I have to remember her by. <laughs> That's why I threw it away. Uh, probably is. I'm trying to think. I mean, I had Savannah while we still had her, but... That's true. That was a very co-owned dog with you and your ex. We didn't have her that long before we split up. We'll have to do a clean sweep of the house. (laughs) Searching for things. Okay, where were we? I think I might have a really old bottle of perfume that I... I probably threw it away, though, because I was like, this... (laughs) If I still have this... And you and I have been together 13 years. Like, how old is this perfume? Yeah, I'm trying to think of any of my... Because I almost never wear cologne, but one of my older ones, a cologne, could have been from a past relationship or my first marriage, which you're right. I shouldn't have anymore. But they don't really lose their smell. Right. They're kind of... I think that's why I had it so long, because every time like, I'd be like, I should get rid of this. They're like I'd miracle smell like, fluids that are built by wizards and witches that, for 1,000 years, this never loses right. its smell. But I think the last, like, you know, I clean out, you know, the closet with all my bathroom stuff in it, you know, once a year and every year I'll be like, I should throw this away and I put it back and I never use it. (laughs) I should throw this away. I think I finally did though. I feel like men and women don't wear cologne and perfume as much as they used to. Probably not. Like I can't think of walking through, although we're not around people very often (laughs) anymore (laughs) with the pandemic, but I feel like, you know, just walking through an office space or walking through right. a crowded area, I don't feel like I smell a lot of perfume or cologne on people. No. Certainly not cologne on men. I don't, I don't feel like I know any men that wear cologne. Yeah, I remember being a big thing in high school. <laughs> oh, goodness, what was it called? Was it clear water, blue water, something with water. There's somebody. I feel like I've bought you some since we've been together, but maybe. You definitely bought me some. I think you yeah. bought me the polo. Or, it's not, or Dolce Gabbana or something like that. That's just something, because I remember. I still have it. Yeah, it's my nose our... going numb from smelling nine million of them. <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> right. smell so many before they all smell the same. So they're talking about what to get rid of. Robin says, that, that that's no question, or what should she say? Question. Ain't no question, girl. 
So we get a little uh, approps by Robin there. Yeah. And they're going to let the gang decide, much like they did with Marshall's pants. <laughs> and we get, Barney mentions the landmark case, the 2005 landmark case of Lily versus the Joey Buttafuoco pants. <laughs> and I really like, this is another piece of this that I like um, uh, from the Robin and Ted stuff. I'll, I'll count this towards that. Where, <laughs> first of all, maybe we need to explain to people who Joey Buttafuoco is. Yeah. Joey Buttafuoco, I don't know what year this was. This is early 90s. It would have been 90s. Um, he was an auto mechanic that lived up in New Jersey. And he had he was married. And he did tend to wear these kind of pants. He had an affair with one of his customers uh, named Amy Fisher. Was she a customer? She was like a teenager. Well, she had a car that she brought in. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, I mean, she could drive. Okay. So they had an affair. I'm not sure for how long. It might have just been a few times. And he tried to just kind of cut it off. And for some, she wouldn't let it go. And then she came to his house and shot his wife in the face, I think. Yeah. And her and the she wife lived. The wife lived, yeah. And I think she had surgery. And she looks normal from the, from the gunshot wound, even. And then they all lived happily ever after. No, and then there's a lot of... Amy, the Amy Fisher story, uh, TV movies. Well, did she she went to jail, right? Yeah, I'm sure she did. I don't think that he didn't. He didn't do anything besides be a shitty person. B- besides but. having a horrible last name and style. <laughs> so these pants, and I love when Marshall comes strutting in with them. He's, <laughs> he's, he's so very confident. yeah, he's very confident in these pants very confident that they're going to like these pants. Now, is the question, did he have these pants for a very long time and is just trying to hang on to them, or are these like new Ted pants? Sh- like Ted's shirt, like it's trying to bring it back. Right. I think they're new pants, but yeah, it could go either way. I mean, where would you find them, even in 2005? That's a good question. So yeah, they could be older. These pants didn't, they weren't very sturdy. I never had a pair. I remember there was like a whole brand of them called Skids. Do you remember Skids? No. They made a whole batch of these, and they're kind of like pajama pants. Like really ugly early 90s patterns and yeah. colors. And <laughs> and they mention, Ted mentions parachute pants, but these were not parachute pants. Parachute pants were of a completely different texture. They were like like a windbreaker kind of texture. Okay. These, these were more like pajama bottoms to try and better describe them. Hmm. And I remember okay. when I was in high school, a lot of people had the skids. It was sort of like the surfer look of the time, uh, although I, I will say that Joey Buttafuoco kind of ruined them. <laughs> and I like Ted's line. <laughs> Marshall, Bell Biv DeVoe called, and even they don't want the pants back. Uh, which, do you get the reference? I mean, I think you know who Bell Biv DeVoe are, who they are, but... I mean, I know who they are. I don't know that they wore these pants. They did in a couple of their videos. Oh. I think that's sort of where that comes from is, I don't think this was their staple look, but I do know there were some videos where they wore these. Belle Biv DeVoe, I can't remember all their first names, but they were part of New Kids, um, they were part of New Edition, which is one of the very, very earliest boy bands uh, back in the 80s. Hmm. Really, actually, I loved them back in the 80s. But they, they kind of broke up. Bobby Brown was in it. He went off to a solo career. I want to say Ralph Tresvant was in it. He went off to his solo career. And then Belle Biv DeVoe formed their own three-person band. Okay. Well, I learned something. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Robin vetoes the pants, yeah, citing what happens in the 
Joey Bedafugo mm. case. Um, Barney votes for them because he likes to check out the jackass in the parachute pants as an That's opener. Nice <laughs> yeah. And then Ted makes the call of you know, no because mm. of yeah, his Bell Bib DeVoe reference. Ted's argument in defense of his stuff. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the flashback. They flash forward and Marshall is still arguing that he should have kept the pants because they were like pajamas that you could wear outside, which, yeah, I feel like yoga pants really took that over, but guys can't really wear yoga pants. Yeah, I- I'm sure there's going to become a time and place where guys are wearing yoga pants mm. all the time. Probably. And we won't be allowed to make fun of them. And so, yeah, <laughs> I like Barney here. He's like, Marshall, we gave you an appeal. They didn't look better with combat boots. <laughs> yeah. Ted's argument for keeping his stuff is that when he sees these things, he doesn't see the women. He sees the stories that mm-hmm. that go along with these things. And Robin turns that around and says when she sees it, she sees the women. And then we get a view of her, all these things popping into becoming women. Which I guess she's just manufacturing these women because I don't know that she knows. What any of them look like. <laughs> right. Ted is curious. You know, you, you can look at a pillow and you see, you're seeing my ex. And Robin says, the fact that he even still has that pillow, it's creepy and gross. I like this exchange. You're creepy and gross. Your mom's creepy and gross. <laughs> so stupid. We've, I really like that one, though. It's like so childish. And I think right. we've referenced this. Back and yeah, forth you were talking about it, I feel like, a few episodes ago, and I couldn't remember what you were talking about. See? <laughs> but going back to one of the girlfriends, uh, we get a reference of, oh, I'm Ted's college girlfriend, but it's not. It's not Karen. He could have had other girlfriends in college. But we never hear about them. Um, Lily sides with Robin, Marshall with Ted, and Barney sides, sides with Robin. He says, place it's too clustered. It's like you're living in a Bennigan's. And Bennigan's? You don't know Bennigan's? Oh, Jen, you would have loved, loved <laughs> I mean, is it just Bennigan's. like Fridays and Chili's? And- it's exactly like Fridays. Well, not so much like Chili's, but it's like Fridays. And it has like all these kind of different things on the wall. Like, remember that Simpsons where Mo makes his own? Mm-hmm. That was a Bennigan's, basically. <laughs> Mo's family feed Fun, barn or yeah. something. <laughs> feed bag. Yeah. <laughs> where... Marge goes in, she's like, an alligator inside? Now I've seen everything. <laughs> a, a street lamp on the wall? Okay. Wait, so there's no more Bennigans? No, they went away like 15 years ago, I think. But this place, this Shortly area. after the, this episode. <laughs> the D.C. area used to be littered with them. And I guess New Jersey and New York, too, because right. I wouldn't have guessed that they were up there. I thought it was more localized. Well, we're in Pennsylvania. But fr- Friday's apparently... Took all their customers, and now we're only left with Fridays. There's not even very many chilies around anymore. No, there used to be a chilies by us, and it closed. If Fridays goes down, I'm going to be real upset. Yeah, Jen loves, loves, loves... A chain restaurant. A chain restaurant. Well, you have to understand that where I grew up, that was (laughs) a majority of the restaurants. There was a handful of, you know, family-owned, small business restaurants, but a majority of what we had available was a chain restaurant. So I didn't know that wasn't a thing that I was supposed to like. And I will agree that the food's usually pretty good. The service is horrible, but when I was a kid eating there, I, of course, didn't care. It's become, you know, going to a little bit of a nicer restaurant where they treat you really well and bring silverware before the food. 
is you know something you get used to. I think as an adult. <laughs> I remember one of the first times I went to like a fancy restaurant. It was like Morton's, and I was horrified that like you had to order your steak and then you had to pay extra for the sides separately. It's like what kind of nonsense is this? Hmm. Why can't I pick two? Exactly. It's supposed to come like a normal human. It's supposed to come with the entree. Not have to pay extra. This is America. It was nonsense. Um, have you ever been to a Dan Robbins reference to a Danby's? No, have you ever heard, heard of Danby's that? Either. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Canada. I'll take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Then where do you get a Grizzly Paw ice cream ice cream sandwich? <laughs> Ted gives a good. Just stop, sweetie. Right. The next cut is to bar, to Ted back at the apartment. He's packing up his stuff. And then we go to the play. Yeah. Right. Oh, the play. So Ted goes through the different levels of theater. There's Broadway, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, homeless people screaming in the park, and then the play Aunt Lily was in. <laughs> yeah, they have to climb eight flights of stairs. Robin says, what kind of building is this? And I love... Barney's line from the smell of it, a urine factory. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Ted asks where they should sit. <laughs> we have Marshall in the front row. <laughs> I know where I don't want to sit. <laughs> right. Says Barney. As Marshall's you know, ushering them over. Marshall is so excited about this play. Yeah, he is very supportive. And I want to comment on his face during certain parts of it. <laughs> okay. The play starts off in a dark stage with three actors all dressed in black. Lily's one of them. And they introduce themselves as rage. And there's a gong going on in the meantime, <laughs> yes. in between each one. Greed. I am greed. And then, Lily flubs our line. Yeah, I am rage. <laughs> I, rage. I mean, greed. I am envy. <laughs> Barney tries to bail. Marshall won't let him. And then Lily <laughs> sticks a, <laughs> like, runs out to the audience, sticks a mirror in Ted's face. And this is the face of consumerism. <laughs> And Ted is just horrified, and Marshall is insanely jealous. jealous. Oh my god, Ted's part of the play! Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a guy come out, an overweight guy, and a wife beater tank top. And boxer shorts with a yeah. shotgun. Oh, was that what that I couldn't tell what he was holding. Yeah. <laughs> he says, hello, envy. <laughs> hello, rage. Hello, greed. And consumerism. (laughs) Lily runs back out with a mirror. (laughs) And Marshall's face when she does, he looks at Ted. His mouth is a his mouth is a gape. (laughs) He's like he's like so excited about this. And then when they go back up, and he's like, "I'm your father, America." And then Marshall's like, (gasps) (laughs) his eyebrows go up. He's so excited about this twist. I miss that. I was looking at the actors because they all have, I guess, similar reactions. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't this remind you a lot of the Saturday Night Live skit that I showed you of, like, the woke students, like, (laughs) doing all these, hi, I'm racism and stuff, and you get the great reactions from the parents in the audience. (laughs) Right. Yes. So... I actually kind of want to see more of this play, because we only <laughs> ever see this first snippet of it, but apparently it lasts for three hours. <laughs> yeah, there's a seventh act we know of, <laughs> where it's revealed that uh, Greed was the murderer. Am I saying that? Am I, yeah, Greed was the killer. Comes and it out became a play act. within a play. <laughs> and so everybody, you know, 
compliments her, except for Barney, who is bluntly honest with Lily, that sucked. <laughs> Lily, that sucked. And, yeah, Barney's honest with her, even though everyone else, you know, is acting impressed by the play. And, you know, he's like, hey, I'm just trying to be honest. And Lily argues that friends, that's not the job of a friend. A friend's job is to be supportive. <laughs> Barney says, yeah, if you're a smurf. She says if if he did a play, she would be supportive and <laughs> like his bad move, Aldrin. Bad move. <laughs> right. He so, mentioned you know, Smurf and he was in the Smurfs. Whoa. <laughs> it's like a play within a play. <laughs> Indeed. We don't get a challenge accepted here, but that's essentially what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good point. Um, so the guy, the America, I suppose, comes out. He's also the director says he's about to do a Q&A, and Barney leaps over, like, ten rows of chairs to get out of the building. <laughs> oh, they didn't have that in the TV version. <laughs> so America's played by E.E. E. Bell, and he was in a lot of Married with Children episodes. He, he actually appears again in How I Met Your Mother, although I can't remember off the top of my head as whom. Hmm. But I guess we'll get there. I think it's, it said he reappears in 2010. So that's a couple seasons from now, so we'll look out for that. Okay. And do you remember I dragged you downstairs as I'm watching the movie Hail Caesar? Vaguely. The, the dance scene with uh, Channing Tatum of, of all the sailors talking about dames. Vaguely. And it's sort of a, they're doing a movie shoot, so it's not you know part of the movie. It's like a movie. It's a movie within a movie. <gasps> <laughs> and he's the bartender at this bar, the bar owner. Uh, okay. I was like, hey, it's consu- it's uh, America. Nah, Consumerism. That <laughs> That's the only thing I can remember seeing him in. I, it's been too long since I've seen how, um, Married with Children. We get Ted and Robin going into his apartment, and she thinks he's been robbed. He says, no, he got, he got rid of the stuff. Yeah. Well, while they're just amongst themselves, they agree that Lily's play was awful. <laughs> and she's shocked by how few things were of his own. And he said, well, I like this. What can I say? Papa gets swag. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> the next day they're walking the dogs, and it turns out it's revealed to Ted, which he didn't know, that all these dogs were given the tour by guys, by boyfriends. So she doesn't have any things by old boyfriends except for these dogs, of course. Right. Which then, you know, we get into a <laughs> moral quandary of do you get rid of things that are living creatures. <laughs> no, and nobody thinks that you should. Except for Ted, apparently. Well, and apparently Lily made Marshall get rid of Jebediah, his <laughs> lizard, but no, dogs definitely not. Well, it pooped in her hair. Well, she shouldn't have had it on her head. Fair point. I don't th- <laughs> That was really her fault. It's like when Buckbeak attacks Malfoy. It was Malfoy's <laughs> fault. It's actually Hagrid's fault for having children around this dangerous creature. (laughs) They weren't ready. They should have started small. (laughs) Okay, then all of a sudden the dogs turn into her exes in his viewpoint. Now let's talk about how strange it is that all these guys gave her dogs. Yeah, it's very weird. I've never heard of a boyfriend. And as you had mentioned, her exit ramps are always a few weeks. So apparently these guys... Gave her these dogs, gave her a dog inside of, like, three weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, it's one thing if, like, 
let's get a dog together. But that doesn't happen five times. Like, And she wouldn't get a dog with a guy. I mean. Right. Not unless she was with him for a very long time. It must Maybe she's always dating a guy on the holidays or her birthday. And <laughs> maybe. Or maybe they're like, oh, you already have two dogs. Here's another one. Yeah, there's, there's just nothing, no explanation that makes sense here. <laughs> it feels like they they gave her five dogs just to be able to do this episode. I bet one of the one of the writers had a girlfriend with a lot of dogs that that were given to her by exes, and so they wanted to work this into the into the show or something like that. Or maybe they realized they didn't want to keep having to have these dogs in for nine seasons, similar to. What happened on Friends, they're like, this is not a good idea to have Ross have a monkey. <laughs> like, let's get rid of the monkey. Yeah. No one likes working with animals. Well, Ted says this is pretty hypocritical. But Robin says that things with a heartbeat can stay. They take it to the group. I like Ted's confidence of, well, we can take it <laughs> right. to the group, but I don't like your odds. And then and Robin immediately shut down. Wins. Everybody thinks he's being an idiot. At this point, they're at McLaren's, and Barbie com- Barney comes in and hands out his flyers for his new play. He says, bring a poncho. The first two rows get wet. Yes. It's terrible and excruciatingly long. <laughs> but we're all <laughs> good friends. You all have to be there. We get a shot at back at Robin's apartment where Ted says he's, he's, feel, he's feeling better about it. He's okay. And then, again, the, guy, the dogs all turn to the ex-boyfriends. One licks him on the face. <laughs> right. And just as in the seventh act of... Lily's play, Jealousy Reared Its Ugly Head. <laughs> I wonder who played Jealousy. We never... Someone's playing more than one role, like what's-his-name on Hamilton. <laughs> right. Yeah, once they switch over into the seventh act, everybody takes on a dual role. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're at Barney's play. Now, Barney's play is not as good as Lily's play, as in I don't think it plays for as many laughs, but it's, it, 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 it's, it's a close second. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> as bad as it is. Robin is talking to Lily as they're entering the play and saying that she might send the dogs to a farm that her aunt owns. And Lily thinks that's a euphemism for killing them. Right. But gets corrected. They really think poorly of each other because later Robin <laughs> thinks Lily is going to eat a baby. <laughs> Not this episode, but right. down the road a little bit. Um, they jump to bad conclusions. Right, and so Lily makes a very good point that I think we've all been saying since we knew Robin had five dogs, that, yeah, the dogs would probably rather go be on a farm than be in an apartment. Yeah, and her aunt apparently lives with her female lover, and Lily, this part's a little confusing, because Lily says, oh, great, they love dogs. And Robin says, what do you mean by them? So is Robin, like, trying to stick up for not assigning stereotypes to... LGBTQ or that's or my... or was she confused and not realizing that they're gay even though she already said lovers? No, I think it has to be her calling out Lily like don't stereotype. Yeah. Okay. Seems like a weird you know, fight to pick. I don't think it's a fight. I think it's, you know, you call out things as you see them. It doesn't have to be aggressive. It just seems unlike Robin who was just calling a girl a whore for leaving her. <laughs> you know, pick a lane. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe she genuinely doesn't know that that's a stereotype. She really seemed offended, though. It's like, what do you mean, they? I thought she just seemed confused. I don't know. Well, like, the first few times I saw this, I thought, does she not realize that 
that's her aunt's Yeah, it would be different if she or, said, like, oh, my aunt and her friend, but her specifically yeah. saying lover, like, she, yeah, you're giving right. away the... <laughs> yeah, so I noticed this time that she said lover, so that must mean that she's really just kind of trying to defend lesbians uh, from being stereotyped by anything. But, okay, we'll let that one go. Did you catch the name of the play? Suck It Lily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's actually on Playbills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just about to mention that. <laughs> I noticed the game did not bring ponchos. Oh, good point. Not many people own ponchos. That's true. I think the only place you get them now is like at baseball games when, or football games. You walk in and it's about to rain and they have them at the stands. Right. I noticed the the guy doing the lighting on this play is the same guy. I'm wondering if maybe he owns that theater. Right. Well, there's also a gong. Yeah, gongs used again. So Barney... Gets up on stage and he's you know in black like the last one. There's more you know I already we already said there's more gong, and he sits down on a chair and he repeats the word moist, and Ted goes this goes on for forty minutes and I like how the the shot of Lily as he's saying it she like cringes right like tick twit. Uh, I mean maybe this is like exposure therapy for Lily maybe now she's doesn't have an issue with the word it no longer has holds any negative meaning <laughs> right I think it would be worse for her now. Yeah, hopefully she could tune out. Then we get 20 minutes of <laughs> Barney hiding behind a block and, like, shooting Lily in the face with a squirt gun. Barney has to go refill, but the play's not over. And Marshall starts grumbling again because Lily was the one being he shot ne- in the face. He never gets <laughs> so. picked for audience participation. Right. You'd think she'd move back a few rows <laughs> to at least avoid getting shot in the face. She's being supportive. Next next scene, Barney's as a robot. And his feelings? What are feelings? <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I don't know why they weren't laughing as the audience in this. I mean, it's already been at least an hour of misery. Maybe they've lost all ability to see the humor. We were teasing our son this past weekend because... Tyler and I, as I've mentioned, are doing a podcast about a cartoon, an animated series called Ninjago, where it's sort of a Lego animation. And one of the characters realizes that they're a robot in the seventh episode of the season, of the first season. And so we started to tease Tyler that he's really a robot. And he's starting to get really, like, angry at us. Yeah, he doesn't like that. We probably should have cut it out earlier than we did. He had arguments against it, and we would counter the arguments. <laughs> We're probably really not good parents. No. What did you think of Barney's robot outfit? Um, it's hard to describe. It's got it's sort of a... a giant square with some coils. I'm not really sure what he's supposed to be. <laughs> it's a robot, Jen. Did oh, you get just, that? Just a robot? Yeah. Okay. He has... His, with all the money he has, it was pretty low rent. But that, I guess I mean, he had to put it better. together pretty quickly. He almost looked a little Tin Man-ish, like an <laughs> elementary school-level Tin Man costume. <laughs> and then he starts playing a recorder. Right. And Robin and Ted are falling asleep, so he just plays one really loud note <laughs> to wake them up. Lily finally has had enough. She quits. She apologizes. Barney really relishes the win. I love winning. But then he starts getting into, you know, 
what happens in Act Two, and it's you know it's going to get so much. Yeah, you know, it's. Gonna I don't get understand really how all that stuff was Act One. Wouldn't that have been different acts? That should have that should have been already four acts. I think a play is typically two acts. Well, there's like Act One, Scene One, Act One, Scene Two, and all that. So I guess it could have been four scenes in the first act. I mean, or it's Barney just throwing a play together that doesn't really have any sort of <laughs> pattern to it. Are you saying we're thinking about this more than the writers did? Yes. Okay. As that's, per usual. That's never happened this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, he he's talking about how they really would have... It's a real shame they're not seeing Act 2. Spoiler, the robot falls in love. So for some reason, Lily says, Okay, Barney, we'll watch the second act right. of your play. Well, what we forgot to mention early on is that initially there were other people that came to see this play, and they you know slowly filter out, so at the end it's just the four. Yeah, we never talked about that, because who the hell are these people? Right. Like, they never <laughs> acknowledge Barney. It's not like they seem to know him. It's not like he would have advertised this to anyone else. Well, he had a lot of flyers. He had more to pass out than what he gave to the gang. Mm-hmm. So maybe he, okay. he put them on you know, billboards around, and there's just really sad people that like to go to these kinds of plays. <laughs> but they, yeah, even they can't handle it, so they leave. So he ends up doing Act 2 for Another hour everybody and a half. Else. Okay, we're in the hallway outside of Ted's apartment. And she was ta- telling him how she gave her dogs back, you know, to the aunt. And then when they go inside, it turns out that he put all his stuff back. And then that creates <laughs> I, the worst fight they ever had. Well, I do like Ted's really, really feeble attempt to get out of this situation where, you know, Robin apologizes and he's like, hey, let's go to the bar. And she immediately knows there's something going on. Does, what does he say? Uh, the floors are broken. I sent them out to get <laughs> yeah, I fixed. Sent, I sent the, the floors are gone. I sent them out to get fixed. And then he just bails. This is a terrible lie. I'm, I'm going to bail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't bad. Um, so, yeah, they go in and all of his stuff is back. Clearly he didn't throw it away. I don't know where it was. Maybe he got a storage unit. Maybe yeah. it was still out in the dumpster. I don't know. Yeah, we don't get to hear what they're saying in the fight. It just goes on and on and fast forward and... I tried to catch anything that was kind of funny during the fight, but there wasn't much to it. No. It's just a lot of movement around the apartment. Yeah. She threw a couple pillows at him. They end up exhausted down on the couch, and he says he doesn't know how they got to this after having the worst fight of their life, and then they reveal to the gang in the bar that they're moving in together. Yep. That's the end except for one last scene. (laughs) We get a scene of Barney in Act 2 where the robot has found love with a toaster oven. I love Which is actually just a toaster, not a toaster oven. Oh, it wasn't. Oh. (laughs) Huh. Maybe it was a toaster playing a toaster oven. Oh. Just blew my mind. (laughs) Um, After that scene, he starts to tap dance, and (laughs) Marshall goes up and gives him a second slap of the slap bet. And Marshall's just, like, so chill. He, like, just does it, and then casually he's like, that's two. I like the slap, because you don't see it coming. Right. And it was the perfect time for a slap. They don't do a great job on the ang- the blocking of the slap, because you could see it go past his face. I don't know. I paying that much attention. If you know it's coming, which we did, because we've seen this a million times, you can kind of look for it. And right. Yeah, they, it's, it's, it's a pretty good separation between the slap. It's not comically far apart, but enough so that you know that, you know, you should have shown it from either behind Barney or, you know, just at a better angle so that we don't see that. doesn't take away from it that much. Okay, what was your favorite joke? Um, 
I didn't pick one. I mean, I think just the whole, <laughs> the whole play situation. Um, can you at least narrow it down to Lily's play and not both plays? Sure. Because otherwise, you're just picking half the show. <laughs> I looked. I didn't. I mean, there's a lot of entertainment within that play, but I don't know that I can narrow it down to like. <laughs> Yeah, consumerism is my favorite line. Yeah, no, I'm with you. L- the the Lily play scenes are combined my what I'll call my favorite joke. If I had to say, okay, pull the, put that aside, pick a different like one line joke because no no one line out of that is better than some of the other lines. Mm-hmm. It's just all of it put together. But if I had to pick my favorite line outside of all that, then I'd say. Robin's line of, well, she's been leaving bottles of moisturizer all over town. Sounds like a horror move to me. <laughs> What's your, did you have a least favorite joke? I didn't. So there was nothing, like, that bad within it. Like, there were some that were just, like, okay. There was a lot of, like, exposition in this. But it, there wasn't anything that I objectively didn't like. I didn't care for the fish fat joke. Okay. That was my least favorite. But that was like one of only one or two jokes that I didn't like. I thought the rest was either fine or great. Okay. Where do you think I rank this? 40. Not bad, but it's 30. Okay. It's right behind Columns, or right in front of Columns, which was 31. So it makes it the third highest ranked episode so far behind Brunch, which was 18, and Slap Bet, which was 27. Okay. I forgot to look what IMDb had it at, but um, where can folks find us? People can find us at RunkleRecaps.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore, and you can shoot us an email at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Okay. Well, we will try next week. We have Doisit. No, I'm sorry. We have Arriva Derecha Fierro, which has the brilliant flashback to college scenes. And Marshall and Ted's road trip flashback <laughs> between college and going home for Christmas break. And Barney learning to drive. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Which I hope to get to next week, but we are going camping over the weekend. We're going to be staying at a cabin that actually we have stayed at before. We have done no such thing. Oh, I must have stayed there with my brother. Ah, you didn't see that coming. All right. Thanks, everyone. Weirdo. Next week.